0: On this week's Global Flavours, we're exploring Punjabi cuisine. Originating in the Punjab, a region which is now divided in an Indian part to the east and a Pakistani part to the west, this cuisine has a rich tradition of many distinct and local ways of cooking. This week, I'm really delighted to be chatting with Michelin-starred chef Pilash Mitra of the New Punjab Club about the flavors of Punjab and how he started his food journey.
1: We have always been a family of foodies, like you know we are Bengalis, Bengali Punjabis, and uh, my mother has been always been a keen cook before her, my grandmother, both my grandmothers, we used to live in a joint family, so there was plenty going on in the kitchen all the time, like you know all the cousins you know all my uh, all the nieces you know, they all would cook something, they all had a different uh, dish to cook, like you know for example, if it was lunch, and then my mom would cook meat. Uh, my grandmother would cook vegetables my aunts would cook the rice and my like the nephews everybody would uh, Would have one common kitchen, but a different section very much like a modern kitchen where different people cook different things and It all comes on a plate exactly the same thing used to go on and that is where it, uh, that thing inspired me, you know I mean um, And even though I had like a conventional education and like, you know, I went to school I went to college and stuff like that, but my heart somewhere lay in this, you know, this creative pursuit you know, it was like for me and a um, uh, channel to express, you know, uh, without the use of words and stuff like that. You know, I, I I don't like to talk too much. But, you know, this thing helps to bring out your emotions, like the thing on the plate when you taste that thing. So um, that is how I guess uh, I was oriented. I was like, you know, kind of guided um, uh, unassumably towards, towards cooking, you know, towards hospitality. Um, and then uh, when we did our my twelfth exams back in back in India, it's like tenth plus two, which is like you know tenth and twelfth. I think it's called the G level A levels or G levels or GCSEs in in UK and, and in Hong Kong. Um, I really decided I had to decide what to do: should I go into medical or should I go into engineering? Because that is what most of uh, most of my family, most of my brothers, cousins went into. Um, and then there was this aspect of doing something totally different. Which no one in our family has ever done before, like cook professionally. Um, we had like you know from my grandmother's side, my my grandfather had like three hotels uh, in Dum Dum next to the airport where we used to do like you know traditional Bengali food, um, and hotel in the sense a eatery, but the Indians like to call everything a hotel. Everything's so a hotel. Everything's <laughs> a hotel. So that's what it used to be, and I spent quite a summers, quite a few summers there, like you know looking at that cooking in the kitchen, you know eating when I was barely thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So that thing had a very strong impact on me, like, you know, I really wanted to please people, I really wanted to do this uh, kind of, um, and then back then it was like for me, uh, maybe it's not that much of hard work, you know, I won't have to study all night or I won't have to do this or that, I still have time to spend on myself, do my, you know, pursue my hobbies and that is how it was finally decided. It was a collectively family decision that, you know, Palash Mitra is going to go to culinary school, you know, as opposed to an engineering school or a medical school or, you know, some other technical field. Um, and that is how I went into it first the first year i really I was terrible at it you know i didn 't enjoy it at all you know i mean it was too much for me uh, because it was so much in depth you know back at home it 's always fun, you know you know, and my mom 's there to correct everything and all that stuff, but during the first year. It was competitive, and I had no idea. There was like another hundred people who wanted to do the same thing as me. And I said, uh, that is really tough, you know, because you had to go get up early in the morning. You had to do hours and hours in the prep kitchen. You had to go attend schools, and they had to do practicals. And I was living away from my home for the first time, and you had to do your laundry and stuff, and everything was like you know, suddenly trying to be an adult. And uh, But eventually the bug bit me, you know, when I went to my industrial training, uh, I did my internship internship in uh, the Taj Koromandal. It was a huge, huge hotel. It was like a city. Um, and then that is when things fell into place. You know, first year I was really, wasn't was very sure if I'm going to actually cook professionally, if I'm going to do uh, front of the house, you know, go into something else. But when I went and did my training, that is when I realized I really wanted to cook. Uh, um, and then, then there's no looking back. You know, I finished... Uh, Uh, my industrial training, I finished college. But even before I had finished college, uh, I was getting really good at it. And I got picked uh, um, for the overall Rajvilas in one of their uh, um, entry-level interviews. And that was a big deal because, you know, I had a job even before I had passed out. And, you know, as a middle-class person, what else do you want? Back in in those economies, back in those, when you have a job, the idea of uh, education is to have a steady job. And I already had that uh, before I passed out from college, from culinary school. And that gave me a lot of confidence in my ability to, you know, do something. And then I haven't stopped since. Like, you know, I've been cooking for the past 25 years in various capacities, in various kitchens. Uh, When I started at the Raj Rajvillas, I had gone into a Western kitchen. So I think because back then, um, that was one of the most uh, um, attractive uh, cuisine Everybody wanted to cook. We weren't talking about Indian food uh, at all. You know, even back in college, the guys who really excelled in French cooking or Western cooking, they were the top aces, right? You know, so obviously I wanted to be a top ace. I didn't want to be a second, you know, second. I never wanted to be a second thing, you know, in my life. So I went, did Western cooking. And then eventually again, like, you know, after doing five, six, seven, uh, yes, five, six years of uh, cooking Western, I I, I I tried to started to travel a lot because I was making a lot more money and I was spending that money traveling and going eating at roadside places, you know, taking long trips, bike trips to other cities, to New Delhi and things like that. And I was eating at these roadside uh, dhabas, they call it, right? Um, and that is when I realized, like, you know, Indian food has got so much, so much variety, but it's got so much soul, so much to offer, so simplistic, yet so powerful and, you know, profound. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been a long process where I've uh, focused from cooking Western food to indian food to now at the moment focusing just on punjabi food so it has been a complete you know it's been quite a journey quite an exciting journey i've learned a lot you know i feel i've developed so much uh, in terms and uh, as as a person you know as a team worker as a as a chef you know as somebody who likes to eat good food so yeah i mean we could talk about this all day if you had the time but you know i think that's the gist of it
0: and i think that it was through those journey those years that gave you the building blocks for you to have yeah. the confidence to really you know um uh, sell punjabi food to the rest of the world because i think it's a really tasty cuisine but yeah. it's not as well known as as you mentioned like the western cuisine um so now here we are tell us how you, would you describe punjabi food to someone who's not really tried it or how would you explain the type of cuisine it is
1: the cuisine is very simple. I mean, you know, it reflects the kind of uh, the civilization. Is The people are very simple people. They are hardworking, agrarian people. You know, they get up, they go to work. Some of them go to... Uh, they are involved in farming. A uh, lot of them are involved in transportation and trucking. Uh, but in general, the people are uh, like, you know, uh, they live a simple life. You know, uh, they celebrate the seasons. They eat in sync with the season. Um, and as such, the, the flavors are very simplistic, very robust, something that could sustain uh, them for a long day of hard work. You know, most of them eat maybe only a couple of meals a day. So the 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 first meal, which is like you know, either it's like you know early early breakfast or a, a late breakfast, which it's is quite essentially hearty. brunch. Yes. Yeah, it's very very hearty. So I think a lot of people would have that probably one one meal before setting off to work to the fields or for 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 their uh, day-to-day activities. That meal would be very very that meal would be very hearty. Like you know something almost what we we like to call brunch, right you know, and it would have uh, it would have lentils, it will have vegetables it will have meat, it will have breads, it will have rice, and stuff like that to sustain them through a long long uh, long dairy day um, but as such, like like I said before it 's a very simplistic cuisine you know i mean it doesn 't uh, draw heavily from fancy items like you know. But whatever they have, they make them sing. You know, I mean, even if it's like a simple mustard green, they'll make the sarsoka sag out of it. You know, they'll have the maki roti, which is like maize flour mixed with uh, with water and salt and cooked on a griddle. You know, and but that tastes really, really nice. You know, when you have it early in the morning, just imagine yourself sitting in, in some village, lush green, you know, the warm winter sun falling on your backs. You're sitting outside, breaking that bread, scooping up the delicious, you know, creamy... Uh, maki, uh, sag, and then just eating it. You know, that that's just life in itself. Like, that's celebrating life. That's celebrating the seasons. And in summer, you know, they would have all the chas, lassi, and stuff like that. And uh, so um, they would celebrate the seasons, you know, uh, in, in the food that they have on their plate. You know, uh, they would uh, keep it simple, but they would make it tasty. And that's what the food is all about. It's not about... Um, it's about being... Uh, uh, Timeless. It's about being relative. You know, it's uh, how do you, what's that word um, relevant? Timeless. Yeah, yeah it's I like timeless, timeless. timeless and relevant are the two words that you would uh, describe Punjabi food as. Like you know, regardless of how how long, uh, how how many years ago or what happened in between, that thing that thing will still resonate. You know, because you know uh, it's that that's the soul. That's the pure soul uh, of the cuisine.
0: What types of uh, spices do you use, then, uh, that comes to mind when you're cooking with Punjabi food?
1: Uh, Punjabi food, uh, like, you know, um, we all know Indian food is all about spices, right? And I mean, there's, like, you know, so many different uh, type uh, type of spices. For example, if you look at the Chettinad spices, there's, like, 13 different spices uh, that go into that spice blend. Um as opposed to Punjabi food you know they are very it it is very very simplistic you know I mean there's not so much use of uh, heavy spices you know I think the most common spice would be black cardamom followed by mustard and some dried red chilies and stuff like that saffron is widely used because that's the region but apart from that you know they hardly go for uh, things like garam masala or like too much of cardamom or too much of cloves and cinnamon and all the kind of stuff you know the flavor profiles
0: of the the food itself yeah
1: they like I said they're celebrating the quality of the food of the ingredients because it's seasonal it tastes automatically naturally better Uh, and then uh, I think uh, there's no need to mask it with additional flavors and stuff like that So, in terms of cooking, in terms of spice usage, it is very light. It's not heavy-handed at all, like you know some other um, regional cuisines you know uh, present in India.
0: With lots of sauces and stuff, no need.
1: Yeah, there are a few items that are saucy, Like, for example, the butter chicken. Well, it is a very modern innovation. It's like you know goes back only about 1960s. It's around 1950s where the butter chicken. Yeah. I mean, that is when uh, Kundalala uh, Kundalala Shah and, um, you know, uh, a few of his friends, uh, uh, they accidentally created the butter chicken. This was during the partition. And there's a huge, there's a very nice um, story about this um, out there. You know, I mean, I think I I was part of it, fortunate to be part of it. And it's uh, from, um, I think, Eat, Drink, Asia. Um, uh, and we we explore the entire story of butter chicken, how how it evolved and what happened. But the gist of it is like you know very few saucy things like the butter chicken or like say patiala shahi meat, and there's the keema, which is like the mutton mains, the nihari and stuff like that. Uh, then there's flat breads, and there's like some vegetables like sag, um, you know, aloo chole, you know, curdy, you know, these are like yogurt based sauce. And then they are dressed like, you know, they have the naan, the maki roti, the roti, paratha, chapati, things like oh, that.
0: Oh, I'm so hungry. But <laughs> not forget on. the tandoori yes. items,
1: the, the things cooked in the tandoor, like the tandoori chicken. Um, there's the karais, which is like the, the mutton karai, the gosh karai, the chicken karai's and stuff like that. And the pulaos which are like slow-cooked rice with, yes. with, you know, oh. all those kind of things.
0: Let's save those for the next episode. We yeah, learned absolutely. so much with you uh, this week. <laughs> Let's continue with your journey in next episode of Global Flavours. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Noreen. Thank you.